Welcome to the Finchley Progressive Synagogue podcast. My name is Rabbi Neil James, and I'm the rabbi for Finchley Progressive Synagogue. If you'd like to be in touch with me for any reason, perhaps you're interested in finding out more about Judaism, or you'd like to join the synagogue, please do email me. My email address is rabbi at fps.org, and I'd happily receive any emails or correspondence that you send me. For now, enjoy the podcast. Ever since the unveiling of the government's plans for the big society, I found myself thinking a great deal about a course that I taught at Finchley Progressive Synagogue entitled Charitable Texts. It was about charity and Judaism. One of the most challenging questions we discussed was the modern issue of how a welfare state influences our obligations to give tzedakah. I should, of course, state at the outset, this is not a party political piece. But with my experience as a community rabbi, I found I share some major concerns about the big society, which are similar to those expressed by other charities. Concerns such as the increased pressure on charities without a corresponding increase in funding, and actually a possible decrease. How we involve volunteers in an effective way and provide adequate training and support for them. Whether people actually have the time to offer more on top of their existing activities, often which are voluntary, and whether only the able will be able to improve their community whilst the vulnerable will be left languishing at the bottom of the pile. The potential for important services which I would consider to be fundamental to a welfare state to be jeopardised by a decrease in funding to public services and an idealised expectation of the degree to which the third sector can bridge the gap is also a major concern. In fact, I can remember spending time as part of my degree all the way back in 1996, talking with individuals involved in the field of youth work who bemoan the steady decline in publicly funded youth work provision, based on a fallacious government argument that the third sector would pick up the shortfall. It was impossible, because funding was also being squeezed out from the third sector. So now I return to the course that I taught some time ago. In Judaism we often learn about the requirement to give tzedakah, a word often mistranslated as charity. It is a mistranslation because at the root of the word is justice and righteousness. It is a rebalancing of justice and fairness in one's community, and is therefore much wider reaching than charity. Moreover, I don't think Judaism is essentially socialist or capitalist, though sources can be used to support both ideologies, if indeed the ideologies still exist. Truthfully, There is an implicit assumption in much of Judaism that we are permitted to possess material things, and in fact some sources shun any sort of asceticism. But we are also obligated to use the material things to aid those in need. That is to say, through our connection with the material world, we have a responsibility to create the kind of world in which we and our fellow human beings can live, and in which God can dwell. The tzedakah support structure begins in the agricultural world of the Hebrew Bible, Leviticus and Deuteronomy. It is from here we move to a later period after the urbanization of society, one in which the rabbinic texts were composed in the first 600 years of the Common Era. And in these rabbinic texts we find various support systems are established, the soup kitchen, the charity box, the clothes collection and the burial fund. Professor Eliezer Siegel points out that in the medieval period, 
The average medieval Jewish town might have agencies to take care of the distribution of food, money or clothing to the poor, whether for normal use for emergencies or before festivals. Free loan societies, lodging for transients, attending to the sick including hospitals, support for widows, orphans and dowry-deprived brides, ransom for captives and more. These institutions were maintained through combinations of mandatory taxation, organised fundraising and voluntary donations. And he mentions this in his article about Rabbi Elazar's Peruta. So now we have a series of questions to which Judaism does not have any definitive answers. It rarely does. The questions I have been mulling over since David Cameron unveiled his big idea. We do not live in the biblical period, the rabbinic era or the medieval world. We live in the 21st century. How do we balance our expectations of a 21st century welfare state with our obligations to give tzedakah? How do we decide on who should receive our tzedakah? What happens when our taxes increase, but public funding actually decreases and expectations of individual contributions to society also increase, while salaries may be frozen or reduced? In the media coverage around the big society, I've seen an awful lot of political rhetoric which, it seems to me, actually conceals the necessary public debate. But then that's politics for you. After all, who can actually disagree with the sentiment that we have a responsibility for the society we live in? Most people with a modicum of ethical engagement, compassion and concern will go along with that. But beneath the sentiment, it feels to me like abandonment of the responsibilities of government. Yes. More people volunteering, community organising and giving to charity is a positive thing, and yes I believe in the value of community as the structure through which we can find meaning, through which we are supported at times of tragedy, and through which we can celebrate at great occasions. But I do not want all of this at the expense of essential public services, or a greater divide between those who have the time, skills and resources to improve their community and those who are struggling to make ends meet by working long hours and just about have time to occasionally see their family. And furthermore, I do not want this to be at the expense of community cohesion and with the result being that communities, tight-knit communities, become more exclusive and less inclusive. As things continue, what is certain is that we are going to have to redouble our efforts in our communities with renewed energy and fundraising and volunteering. There are many opportunities to do this in the Jewish community. We just have to pick up the phone and ask. So finally, I'm reminded that ritualized giving of tzedakah has very long roots. The Babylonian Talmud in Baba Batra 10a from around the 6th century relates that Rabbi Elazar used to give a coin to a poor person and then pray. This became codified in the law code, the Shulchan Aruch, in the 16th century in the following way. It says, by Joseph Caro, It is good to give tzedakah before prayer. We also know that tzedakah is a central component of the High Holy Days, hence the High Holy Day appeal. However, Ritualized giving is no substitute for the more significant, ongoing support we can give in time as well as money. Perhaps, therefore, this High Holy Days for our synagogue's appeals we should give generously, and also commit to increase our level of financial support and volunteering to worthwhile causes all year round. Who knows, in spite of my grave misgivings about the big society, we can, as communities, dramatically alter our society for the better. After all, 
I, like all my liberal colleagues, remain committed to a vision of our world made whole, tikkun olam, where poverty is eradicated and peace shall reign. And so, I am sure, do you. Shabbat Shalom. You've been listening to the podcast from Finchley Progressive Synagogue. More information about the synagogue can be found on the synagogue website www.fps.org.